from the Lake Erie shores of Northeast Ohio. Cleveland! Cleveland is a city of champions once again. Since 2012. All right, Darren. It's been a while since we've done this, and it's just you and me. So this will be really interesting. Are you Welcome ready? Welcome to part three oh, of God, our yeah. free comic book day 2018. Hey, everybody. Hey. The line is moving. It is almost midnight. The doors are just about to open. The line is moving for free comic book day 2018. Lots of good stuff in there. Um, I think a lot of people have enjoyed the beer a lot as the night has oh, progressed. Yeah. Uh, it's we cool. actually got some this year. I know. I'm super excited. It, I know. It never happens. It was so good. Next year, we got to time it better so we get the like the special bottled stuff. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. But no, I, it's I had great. a really good one. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of the nice things they do here. They uh, For all the customers that are of age, they... Uh, they give you a uh, free beer. Yeah. That's crazy. The only ask is a tip. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's part of the fun. It's part of the environment. Yep. So speaking of fun, Darren. Yes. Are you ready for this? I am. It's been a while since I've run a Ridiculous Storyline trivia. Yeah, it's been a bit of a Yes. Yes, it's been a while. It has. And it's going to be weird since it's just you and me. I don't know if this can even be considered an official uh, version of this. But if I win, I'll take the point. Ugh. Yep. All right. So All right. I made I I'm made only a, one behind. That's right. You're catching up. I hope you don't I am. get it's this. Four, Phil, four, three, and poor Timmy is bringing up the rear. Yes. The big fat zero. It was zero. Well, Timmy he is still on time. assignment. Yeah. By the way. Yes. Tim is working on something. Yeah. Who knows? God knows what it is. Yeah. We'll find out. We're all gonna find out. But I decided to really, really specify tonight. All right. I went Avengers, but I went a step further. Avengers stories that are weird about love. Okay. So I have four. As always, the way the rules work is there are three of these that were actual stories that happened within the comics. All three of these were Marvel comics that existed. There is a fourth one that was created by me. Your job is to pick which one is the fake one. And I promise they're all special. Bear with me. I have to read these. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. The first one. Carol Danvers, pregnant with her own boyfriend. Pregnant with her boyfriend, as in her boyfriend is, is gestating. Inside in her- of her. Okay. So, Carol had an accelerated pregnancy, and she gave birth to a baby boy named Marcus. He becomes a full-grown man with a full-grown power man perm in just hours. Marcus, it turns out, was the son of an old Avenger nemesis named Immortus. In an incredible, convoluted backstory, Marcus explains his bizarre circumstances. Basically, he was raised in limbo by his father, but when dear old dad was gone, Marcus devised a way to escape limbo and lived in the mortal world. Needing a human vessel to be reborn on Earth, he chose Carol Danvers, plucked her out of space and time, wooed her, and won her heart in limbo, had sex with her and implanted the essence within her, and then sent her back to one second after he'd removed her. But things didn't work out for Marcus as he'd hoped, and he had returned to Limbo to save Earth, feeling a deep connection to him. Carol decides to go with him. (laughs) Afterwards, after him and Carol return to Earth, 
Marcus rapidly ages and dies. The very first week, they return to limbo. That is, Carol Danvers, pregnant with her own man. Okay. Number two. I kind of hope that's not the one you made up. That's pretty demented. Number two. That would make me raise questions about you. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I have a weird mind. Janet Van Dyne, also known as the Wasp, loves Ultron. There's no doubt about it that Hank Pym had issues. He drank, hit his wife, and made one of the most violent and uncontrollable AIs ever, Ultron. A lot of what Hank is gets attached to his creation, including his love for his wife, Janet. In a strange turn of events, Ultron decides that he needs someone by his side to rule the world after he defeats the Avengers, and Janet seemed to fit the bill. He began courting her, sending Ultron bots with flowers and chocolates to her, claiming he would not attack the Avengers if she would go with, out with him. Finally, Janet decides it is what is best for the world and her colleagues to go out on a date with Ultron. To her surprise, Ultron is immensely sweet to her and shows a different side of himself. Janet starts to think that perhaps he could be transitioning into an AI similar to Vision and thinks she can help him. She falls for him and she tries to teach him to be better. Of course, Ultron being Ultron, he ends up attacking the Avengers and breaking Janet's heart and making her not trust anyone after being hurt by both an AI and her drunk husband. Janet Van Dyke, in love with Ultron. Number three. Iron Man's armor falls in love with him. Yes, it is just as freaky as it sounds. Iron Man's latest armor gains sentience and promptly professes its love for him. I could explain it, something to do with an AI interface with the lightning strike and Y2K, but that would insinuate that it makes sense. This five-part story that becomes a twisted soap opera with the suit taking Tony hostage, wanting nothing more than making his maker inside of him. It, it kills criminals, it threatens Tony's girlfriend, it attacks him. Tony tries to take it down using another suit and engages with a little um, violent play with Tony where he ends up tied to some trees. And finally, the story becomes a Greek tragedy with the two alone on a deserted island to work out their issues. They argue, Tony has a heart attack, and the armor rips its own heart out to replace Tony's faulty one, which it somehow does instantly, and then despite of everything, Tony desperately tries to keep the psychopathic murderous robot suit from dying. Iron Man's armor falls in love with him. Wow. Ready for the last one? Hit me. Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, and Pietro Quicksilver are in love. I mean, in love. This goes over a span of time, but everyone in the Avengers slowly starts to question the relationship between Wanda and her brother Pietro. They're close, like too close. It starts off seeming harmless enough. The two are as close as they always have been, standing by each other, then they start holding hands. The hand holding gets more serious as it always happens and people start to raise eyebrows. In a scene, Captain Marvel, uh, sorry, Captain America approaches Wanda about her choice outfit and mentions that perhaps she should wear something less revealing on the field. Pietro gets quite upset to the point that he actually threatens to kill Cap due to the remark. The rest of the Avengers finally point out to Cap that the siblings are in love with each other. Later, in a particularly close scene, it is assumed that they uh, get really close, Wolverine spies on them, noting they found something in each other that they never really got from anyone else due to their broken parents. Love. Wanda and Pietro are in love. So let me review. That's Janet Van Dyne and Ultron in love. Yes. Um, Carol Danvers Carol pregnant. Carol Danvers pregnant with her own boyfriend. Correct. 
Then we have Incest. The, the Maximoff twins, yes. And then Tony Stark in the Iron Man suit, or the Iron Man suit. He's in love with him. Tony Stark. Correct. I am going to go with number three. The Iron Suit falls in love with Tony Stark. Iron Man's armor falls in love with him. Iron Man number 26 oh through 30. That is a That is a real time. thing. To go back, Carol Danvers pregnant with her own boyfriend. Avengers number 197. Okay. Janet Van Dyne loves Ultron. I made that one up. Wow. That means that the Wanda and Pietro story was from Ultimates 3, numbers 1 through 3. Well, I'm relieved that that's not the one that you came up with. Oh, no, sir. That actually happened in an Ultimates comic. Well, this makes me feel a little bit better about standing next to you right now. Uh, but, however, if you look at that scoreboard, <laughs> yeah, that's you're, another you're, one for me. I, I, had, uh, I had worked hard to catch up to you. Yeah. Because there was a good long while I was sitting at a zero. I actually won the last three until today. I know. And that's why I worked super hard on these. I thought making yep. them so specific that was and so disturbing that it would throw you off your game. That was a good one. I was not ready for that. Good. Well done. Thank you, sir. Excellent work. Excellent work. Well, the doors have opened here at Carolyn John's. The line is uh, very long, but people are very enthusiastic. They're hanging out, getting ready for some comic books. Yeah. Um, all right, so this is part three of our free comic book day Uh Podcast extravaganza? Podcast extravaganza. I like we it. have an infinity gauntlet right in front of us. Nice. I assume it's not the real thing. I hope not. That, those, that thing's fully articulated, by the way. Is it really? Yeah. If you pull on the inside, the fingers close, and it makes no. a noise. Yeah. If we can get this guy's attention, he can show it to you, I'm sure. That's pretty sweet. All right. Um, so in our, our second episode, part two, we did a little trivia contest. Yeah. And the giveaway... Of which was the X-Men versus the Teen Titans in, from 1982. Oh, check this out. What, this is, uh, I know, did you, you, know, made you made this up, but okay, so is it, it's more akin like out of like one of the ext extended universe stories, right? Can you tell us a little bit about it? Uh, What's your name? Uh, Darth Valtus. Darth Valtus, and this is your own created character, right? Yeah. Does your character have a backstory? Um... I didn't think of one. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you made it? Um, I, uh, my lovely girlfriend and I, who is the tiny Chewbacca, um, we went thrift shopping, and I got this, uh, like, kids' catcher's, like, pad to, like, wear for armor, and then I, like, looked up, like, Sith symbols and put this, like, starburst on there. And I borrowed my buddy's uh, Vader lightsaber, and um, I had this cape from an old Vader costume, and I got these Vader gloves at Party City, Party City, and I just put it all together. How long did it take you to put together? Uh, it took probably, um, like at least like an hour and a half to do the painting, and then uh, the makeup took like maybe 20 minutes. We're talking less than two hours, and you look like a pretty cool Sith Lord. Thank you. So, how have you uh, been to Carolyn John's uh, Free Comic Book Day event before? Oh, absolutely. This is the best Free Comic Book Day e event. They always do it right. Like, I remember, like, years past when they would have their little events. Like, uh, they had, like, a Civil War thing where 
John was dressed up as Cap and he was boxing Iron Man and they had a race with um, Superman and the Flash and then somebody dressed up like Captain Cold came in and tripped the Flash so that Superman would win. It was hilarious. Um, but yeah, I've been going here for years because this is just the best and only comic book store in all the city of Cleveland. And I just love this store so much. And my best friend in the entire world works here. Ben joins Monday. So. We love Ben, too. Um, do you have uh, any comics that you're currently following that you, you would like to recommend to anybody? Um, well, my favorite uh, comic book character is Venom. And the Venom series right now is really good. Um, it's it, For anyone that's familiar with Venom, it's Eddie Brock has the Venom symbiote again. And he's like doing it as like an anti-hero kind of thing and um, there's this new Venom like Venomized series that's um, like he's crossing over with a bunch of different books and there's coming up in the next probably this fall I think there's going to be a bunch more cool Venom stuff so definitely pick up Venom if you're not reading it uh, Saga is really good I'm picking that up Walking Dead of course um, and if you're into Star Trek the um, Mirror Broken, like the Mirror Universe Next Generation stuff, is uh, an excellent read. That was a free comic book giveaway last year. It was. It, it was, and that's what initially got me into it. And then the series that came out of it was fantastic. And there's a new uh, like spin-off new series that just came out that's on sale at the store right now, so you should definitely pick it up. Is there anything in particular you're looking forward to picking up from the free comic book offerings? Um... I play a lot of Overwatch, and there's an Overwatch comic, so I'm definitely going to get that. And, of course, I'm going to get the Marvel and DC books because, like, it's Marvel and DC. Um, I don't remember what else was there off the top of my head that I want to get, but I'll play like, anything that tickles my fancy over there. I'll pick up. Well, thanks so much for stopping by. Your costume looks fantastic. Yeah, thank you Enjoy very much. Enjoy your evening. All right, thank take you care. so much for stopping by. Well, uh, that was pretty cool. That's a pretty good costume, yeah. for, especially for two hours. It looks pretty awesome. Um, well, we were starting to talk about, uh, during our last episode, part two of our free comic book day 2018, Yeah. we had a little trivia contest. We had two trivia contests already, uh, both of which were successful for our, I guess you'd call them opponents, in that uh, they got the answers really quickly. Yeah. So I don't know what that says about us in drafting these questions, but if we were trying to trick them, we were unsuccessful. And I gave away... Uh, 1982, X-Men and the Teen Titans crossover comic. <laughs> it was the first time that DC and Marvel had ever collaborated on producing stories involving their characters. And it's very specifically titled X-Men and the Teen Titans. So one of the favorite things we do on this podcast is the retro review. So... Here we go, X-Men and the Teen right, Titans. here we go. Now, you're going to like this because I talk a little bit of X-Men, but yeah, I want yeah, you yeah. to you know, correct me if you think I've got this wrong. Yeah, I'm trying to listen. It's in getting... the 1980s, comic sales were quite literally off the charts. Leading the way for most of the decade was the uncanny X-Men. The sales numbers are staggering. With estimates over 150 issues per store being sold, Sales figures in the millions were not unheard of in the 1980s, and we're talking number of issues, not dollars. It made superstars out of Chris Claremont, who wrote the book for the entire decade, and artist John Byrne and other artists such as John Romita Jr. contributing. 
The 80s were halcyon days for the X-Men titles. After all, they dominated the top of the charts for nearly the entire decade. From my research, it seems the only times they were knocked off the number one spot was Secret Wars. Yeah. The story arcs, chief among them, the Dark Phoenix Saga, are as legendary as they come and reverberate even today. Their classic lineup, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Wolverine, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Kitty Pride, Professor X, grew in the 80s to become Marvel's flagship characters, supplanting perennials such as Spider-Man, Hulk, and Captain America. Boy, does it seem strange to say that today. I know. Additionally, the run of X-Men movies has pretty much been mining this period for its screenplays. X-Men delivered in a big way in the 1980s, and in turn, the title rightfully ascended to the legendary status, with its characters becoming among the most popular in comics. You know, it seems like the X-Men were popular, but they were almost more niche at the time. Yeah. But in the 80s, they skyrocketed. I mean, they became the characters of the 80s. Um, interestingly enough, while the decade of comics in the 1980s is defined by the uncanny X-Men, right behind them came a little title called the New Teen Titans. The creative team behind TNTT, Marv Wolfman and George Perez. For much of the decade dominated by X-Men, the Teen Titans were often right behind them in number of in the number two spot, nipping at their heels. Who would have guessed that? In a world with Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, thank you very much. Um, thank you. The Teen Titans and the X-Men outsold everybody. Teen Titans had a legendary run of its own during this period and produced some important story arcs, none more so than the Judas Contract. Teen Titans has seen a few screen translations, but unlike X-Men, not in the live-action sense. This period has remained relatively untouched, save for an animated film that appeared to resemble little from the source material, though the excellent Young Justice animated series echoed the themes and tone from the new Teen Titans of the 1980s. Of course, this is all supposed to change later this year with the launch of the DC Universe streaming service, through which we are getting both Young Justice Outsiders, which is the long-awaited season three, and an as-yet officially titled Teen Titans TV series that will exist in the Arrow universe. Or Arrowverse, as it's called. Now, I am planning on doing a comprehensive review of at least the first 40 issues of the new Teen Titans as we approach the debut of the TV series. Um, but I thought it would be fun to take a look back at the 1982 crossover between the two top comics of the 1980s and, by extension, the two top teams of the 1980s. Speaking of superstar creative teams, navigating the complicated waters of bringing these two teams together was Chris Claremont and Walt Simonson. It's crazy. With work from Terry Austin, Tom Orzachowski, Gillis Wynn, Louise Jones, Jim Shooter, and Len Wine. The creative team's first obstacle was to figure out how the teams come together. What crazy, mind-bending explanation could be conjured up? Though the solution was a simple one. There was no explanation. There is no dimension swapping, alteration of the space-time continuum, no multiple Earths, no wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Both teams appear to already exist in the same universe. In fact, while DC characters generally exist in fictional cities, such as Metropolis and Gotham City, with real-world cities mentioned as frames of reference, Teen Titans headquarters is placed specifically in New York City on an aisle in the East River. 
Therefore, the Titans exist within a reasonable proximity of Professor Sex's school. The first sign that the two teams exist together? Cyborg mentions the X-Men during an inner monologue, mentioning how the media has portrayed them as outlaws and wondering why the Teen Titans and the X-Men have never crossed paths. Published in 1982, the story takes place during the aftermath of the Dark Phoenix Saga and a few years before the Judas Contract. The heart of the story kicks off with the X-Men, when the X-Men experience visions while dreaming. Mostly, they see Jean Grey as if she were reaching out to them, still alive. However, Kitty Pride experiences a different vision. A specter-like face appears to her. It is Darkseid. Darkseid is the main villain with an assist confidence cookie. Oh, Apocalypse. Well, I'm just talking about Darkseid, so yes. I will absolutely have an Apocalypse cookie. Thank you. I thought she was saying, you guys suck, you need confidence. Here, have a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? What is it? Andrea. And what do we have here? They're Carol's cookies from episode 513 of The Walking Dead. Ooh. And did you bake these? I did. Do you have a bakery? Uh, I run a home bakery in Bay Village. Do you want to give the details for anyone who's listening? <laughs> I run Burning River Baking Company. I uh, bake nerdy treats. I do. Um, I have pictures inside there. It's a... Uh, I've done the Christmas party here for a couple years. I've done like Marvel Girl cupcakes, Yoda and Vader sandwich cookies, Ghostbusters cupcakes, you know, stuff like that. Well, this is a damn good cookie. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you. We just got cookies. This, this night can't get any better. Um, anyway, I was saying, and it's weird. I'm talking dark side, and I'm handing an apocalypse cookie. Yeah. How cool is that? It doesn't. Where else is that going to happen? Other than Carolyn John's Free Comic Book Bay 2018. <laughs> So Darkseid is the main villain with an assist from his parademons and Deathstroke, the Terminator, who had, who had only recently debuted in the new Teen Titans issue number two in 1980. No Marvel villains appear throughout the duration of this story. Without giving too much away, Thanos' plan in Infinity War is eerily reminiscent of Darkseid's plan in this one shot. Which brings up an interesting conundrum. A uh, drum I have been beating for a few years on this podcast. The DCEU should have used Darkseid as its main villain beginning with Man of Steel in 2013. It's a bit strange to think that DC hasn't figured this out even now, as there is no sign of his use in any upcoming movie or TV show. Of course with the exception of Aquaman and the Wonder Woman sequel, I would assume that any and all DCEU films are anything but a sure bet by this point. I don't know if you'd agree, but I wouldn't set your calendar to a new Batman or Superman movie. Anytime. Yeah, no. <coughs> you know who figured out long ago how to use Darkseid? Marvel! Heck, Thanos is a derivative of Darkseid, and it comes straight from Jim Starlin, Thanos' creator. As usual, I digress. Part of Darkseid's plan, Dark plan involves summoning the Dark Phoenix. This, of course, opens fresh wounds for the X-Men as most were still reeling from Jean Grey's death. They are stunned to learn that once summoned, Darkseid has control over her as she refers to Darkseid as her dark, loving lord. It was a quick way to give credibility to Darkseid for those Marvel exclu uh, exclusives who may have been unfamiliar with Darkseid. 
Now, I want to avoid as many spoilers as possible, but this thing is so good that I don't think a few will matter. Firstly, the ultimate, cliched, tired retread of having the heroes meet, at odds, fight, only to slowly realize they are fighting for the same cause, doesn't happen. The book lays out the plot by reminding the reader that these two teams are physically and intellectually formidable, even in their youth, and even though they are very similar. Both contain telepaths, Professor X and Raven. Raven, the Teen Titans telepath, quickly gets a read on Professor X and lets the rest of the Teen Titans know there is no evil in this man. And, fills, and the, she fills in the rest of the blanks for them. So the Titans know before they meet the X-Men that they are on the same side. Because of this, when the two teams finally do meet, it feels very important. It's almost like the old days when you'd go to a baseball field or basketball court in the summer, see a bunch of other kids, and just start playing. No explanation necessary. The Superman vs. Spider-Man is the more popular among these small crossover events. I have not read it in a long time, but most have seen the splash page with Superman approaching Spider-Man in the air while Spider-Man, both with their fists drawn, a radio tower in the background. The Batman Hulk has also seen the rounds, but the X-Men Teen Titans seems lost to time, and it's kind of a shame. Now, the beauty of this is that it's one book, a one-shot, 64 pages. That's it. It's over. Self-contained story. Nothing comes after it. It was the only time they've ever interacted. And there's no way that would ever happen today. Because if they were going to cross over, the Teen Titans and the X-Men today... It would be a full year monthly with like a thousand tie-ins. It's fantastic. Absolutely, it's something you got to pick up. I hated to give it away earlier today, but I was sort of proud at the same time. I hope Todd, the guy who won it, enjoys reading it as much as I did. Yeah, for if sure. If you are an X-Men fan, this is a great read. If you're a Teen Titans fan, this is a great read. These are two. These are the two most notable teams in comics history. I would say maybe outside the Avengers and the Justice League. But I've always enjoyed these two teams a little bit more because I think I've always enjoyed the individual exploits of Batman, Superman, Captain America, Iron Man more than the teams they were on. Mm -hmm. What about you, Clay? Yeah, I mean, whenever it comes to, like, the big names, um, I am definitely a bigger fan of, like, Spider-Man Man on his own or Batman being on his own, or Superman being on his own. Like, it, it takes away from them, or they try to overpower the page. X-Men books are always better as X-Men books. Uh, very rarely do you get a solo book that is very, very good. So, so the idea of those two teams smashing together would be good. Um, and I am definitely intrigued. Like, I might try to look it up at some point when I have some time to get my hands on it. But um, The artwork is great by Walt yeah. Simonson. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm he's sure. He's most notable for his four runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's at his top form here. Um, the explanation and the resolution is pretty cool, too. I don't know, man. This is just... Something like this just doesn't exist anymore, and it never will again. No? The way that, the way that comics are consumed. No, 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 no. That's good stuff. Um, yeah. Pick it up. X-Men and, and Teen Titans, if you ever get a chance. All right, well, while we're still talking about things from the past... There's something we do every year, and for Your favorite show, I believe. Yeah, um, and at the end of every year, we sit down around a table and we talk about 
our favorite and not so favorite things, and we call it the end of the year awards. And we considered that some people may be listening to this episode that haven't listened to us before or um, may have missed that episode when we released it. So we thought we may as well circle back around and talk about the things that we loved the most from last year. Now, what are you, how far are you going to go back? Are you going to do all the favorite performances and all that? I too? literally was just going for my top pick. Oh, that the was title it. only? Just the three. That's, that's what, right, I, that's what I thought the tackle was. So I, I'll start. And we had the two runner-ups and our right. pick. And I, actually, and I also threw in an all-ages one because I realized the books that I picked last year were not uh, all-ages in the slightest. Uh, okay, yeah, but I've already got one there. Yeah, my, my I, top I, pick I, one. I'm, I'm going to throw one in for, uh, for a little bit of extra English at the end there. So uh, my runner-ups, uh, first was Seven to Eternity, which is a Rick Remender book that you are also reading. Yes, I am. It's fantastic. Uh, fantastic book uh, dealing with the Mud King. I think it's on hiatus right now, waiting for it to come back. Um, and it's just kind of like this dystopian wrecked world that is just... I, it's just an enjoyable read, and the art is fantastic. Um, my second runner-up was Rock Candy Mountain, which is also something that I said sayonara to. I read the first couple of issues of that. It was very unique. Yeah, it's very. it was very, very special. And um, there's some of my favorite quotes from the year, like, uh, oh, no, he has fists of diarrhea, and their faces are toilets. Punch diarrhea. Yes, it was great. Um, and I just, it was enjoyable from beginning to end. It was very unique. It was based off of the Rock Candy Mountain song and just trying to get to Rock Candy Mountain. And it was fun. And my pick of the year was the trade that we gave out in the first episode of this, uh, Black Science, Rick Remender. It's one of those things that there was one point that I was debating getting rid of it. And I think it was like around issue like 14 or 15. I just felt like it was getting a little too convoluted and weird but it all tied back together and it's become such a fantastic piece that we're running into the last like three issues of it now. And I'm just excited to see how Remender ties everything together at the end and how everything has this beautiful feel as we've gone through the different levels of the multiverse and how they've destroyed it going through and how all these repercussions of what the main character Grant McKay has done and even though that he has lost his intelligence and he is just a stupid guy now trying to do what's right, it's just there's such strong character growth and there's this broken family that's trying not to be broken and monsters from different dimensions. And it's just, I don't know, it's beautifully, beautifully, beautifully drawn. They're, the colors just pop off the page. Mateo Scalera does amazing work in it. And I, I am. I'm surprised by it again and again. And I'm kind of... On that weird cloud, like Catch Twenty Two with it, you know, where I'm glad it's going to end when it's still good, but I also don't want to see it go. So I do have it's an extra good. one to add okay, on. Go ahead. And the um, all ages one is something that I don't talk about on the show because it's something I read on the side, uh, which is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, which was surprisingly good from Marvel. Um, you may be familiar with Devil Dinosaur. You used to run around with uh, the little. Uh, half monkey, half man um, back in the day. Um, and um, Moon Girl came out of the inhuman uh, Terrigen Mist thing that happened during one of those random Marvel events. And uh, she's the most intelligent person in the Marvel Universe right now. And she's running around with this giant dinosaur. She's an inhuman that lets her communicate with this giant red dinosaur. 
and it's just fun and it's about a girl being super smart and how people underestimate her and how she overcomes all these things. In the most recent arc, she tried to rebuild the Fantastic Four with herself and Double Dinosaur with Thing and Johnny Storm. And she ended it by saying, we aren't the Fantastic Four, you need Sue and Reed, and, uh, Reed Richards. And it was, just, it was just good. But it was very, it's very all ages, there's nothing adult about it. So that's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. That sounds really fun. Yeah. It does, it really sounds... Uh, <laughs> um, all right, I don't know how I'm gonna top that. But my runner up, number one, was Sword Quest. Uh, it was my great discovery of 2017, the lore of Sword Quest, both within the fictional world and the development of the games and the sweepstakes. Remember, I, I, I sort of did a retro review of Atari comics, which all started with my favorite retro review, Atari Force. I somehow managed to work Atari Force into our podcast, maybe every other three months or so. But then I discovered Sword Quest, and then they promptly just, by happenstance, revived Sword Quest, and if you recall, when I did that retro review, I had no idea the rabbit hole I was jumping down. Oh yeah, day. it was weird. That was insane with the with the sweepstakes they ran and how it didn't finish and how the sword is was produced and it's lost. Well, the Sword Quest book I'm reading, which uh, unfortunately I didn't see it in my pool pile this month, I'm really really excited about. I it's been a few months, no word from it. I fear that it may be done. Maybe lost like was, the sword? Yeah, well, it could be like Finding Goss because oh. that ended on a little bit of a it's uh, no good. cliffhanger. I'm, I'd be really disappointed if that thing is over. Um, Harrow County, which I know is ending, I believe I actually just picked up the final issue today. And it was seemingly always in my uh, honorable mentions yeah. for this spot over the last few years. As slow a burn as they come in comics... But it wouldn't work any other way. Very southern noirish. <coughs> um, it does appear Redlands is kind of a spiritual successor for it, uh, and it's by far the most haunting and atmospheric comic I've read since we began this podcast. And of course, without fail, my number one uh, of the year was the Power of the Dark Crystal. From the increasingly impressive Boom Studios, this is a bittersweet entry. And forgive the winding explanation. I went over this uh, back in our episode back in December um, for the, our awards. It's something I've been waiting for a long time. Yeah. Uh, it's something that by no right should exist. It kind of goes right up there with Cobra Kai. Like, why does this exist? But thank <sighs> God it does. Um, so, I don't know. It's just pretty fun. It's just that's, that's what this is all about. It's fun. It's something that probably deserved to find an audience but didn't and maybe it will now again yeah it's been my favorite comic all year long and uh i really hope that uh we get a chance to to see more of it the tv i was gonna series, say do you think there's any chance after the 12 issues they'll do another no i don't unless the tv series is a hit okay and we don't really know when the tv series is coming out but we do know it's netflix correct it's netflix yeah, yeah. But I'm kind of hoping it, it, it could be any day now, the way those things, they, they yeah, choose to release those things. Uh, it's really fun. Lots of fun stuff. Um, I, Power of the Dark Crystal was my pick of the year. Yeah? I, I don't know. I, I was really excited to read it. I can't believe it exists still. Um, it's, a, it's a world unlike any other. 
Well, that is that is awesome. And one of those things that I... You know, I haven't watched The Dark Crystal in such a long time. I think I'd want to watch it again. It's time for a review. And then, I, uh, I need to watch it again. And then uh, get those off of you and give it a read, since you speak so highly of it. Well, it's, it's one of those things I just never let go of from childhood. Yeah, yeah. That's, that is definitely... Um, one of those things, you know, you do cling to those things from your childhood, for well, sure. Well, that's why we're doing this whole podcast. Exactly. Well, the people are moving through. Yes, uh, they are. Free comic book day. There's, man, oh, man. I, we've been sitting here. We started this podcast just over a half an hour ago. Yeah. And if you look down, I still can't see the end of the line. I no. can't see. We are at the at the uh, the corner here where both ends of the strip mall meet. And... Either direction you look, it's a sea of people. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a sea of people. I think there uh, are more here this year than last, for sure. It could be. In, boy, oh, boy, this better, is a lot Better of fun. weather, man. Better turnout. Yeah, this is great. Um, so many great costumes, too. Our friends from the Ghostbusters, right over there. The awesome Ecto-2. Oh, yeah, Cooper. that thing is amazing. Yeah, that Mini Cooper is too, super cool. Yeah. Because uh, uh, last year, though, the one guy from that group did the Mystery Science Theater stuff that I had That's pictures of. right. Yeah. He, he had Tom Servo. Yes, he did. And uh, Crow. And Crow. Yeah. Crow. Yeah. Tom Servo and Crow. It was so cool. Oh, that was really, really fun. We had some really great costumes. Yes, uh, we did. Tonight, to know. But I think it's time to uh, start wrapping this sucker up. Well, we got a couple more things to do as we approach that. Yeah, we haven't done this in a while. It's been a while. I I'm noticed, excited for it. I noticed when uh, I was digging through my comics... So this is something we've been doing since the very beginning of our podcast. Yeah. Um, a little segment that we call Stick Stuck Pick Sayonara. Do you remember we used to do What You've Been Reading and oh, then yeah. this, and it was literally the it same, was the same thing. thing? Yeah. So we were like an hour and a half of talking about the same comics. Yeah, I think we've streamlined it more now these days. <laughs> yeah, we've got this down to a little oh, bit of a science. Much I faster. Um, so uh, I'm just going to, I guess I can explain it since we're kind of in a different uh, venue. So yeah. things things that are we we that are stick stick stuck pick yes. in Sayonara. The things that uh, we are sticking to are books that aren't bad necessarily, but they aren't necessarily drawing attention as much as they were, and they might be teetering on the fact that we might drop it. That's what sticking is. Stuck is we're loving it, we're sticking to it. It is something that we uh, enjoy reading still consistently, and very well could be a pick of the month. That leads us to the pick of the month, which is the thing that we just kind of gush over, and we're so surprised of how good it is, and, and we want to talk about it. And then Sayonara are books that either were canceled, or we dropped, or yeah. it just ended naturally. Good enough? Absolutely. All right, so uh, do you want to start, or do you want me to do it? I'll give it a run. Uh, well, first of all, let me just hold this up. There it is. Action Comics 1000. 1000. 1938 Action Comics number one. And there it is. Action Comics 1000. Destined to be worth nothing. Yes. So if you're thinking that, uh, you know, pennies on a so, nickel. Yeah, this is not going to be worth a thing because no. they, they overproduce these things. But I know. it's still cool to think that I'm holding in my hands Action Comics number 1000. Plus, you know who's in this? Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah, it's okay? his first story. Um. What's up, buddy? Hey, How's Jason. How's your night? You want to talk about it a little bit? Free comic day is awesome. Have you read the recent Shadow Cup? No, because there hasn't been any. Great answer. <laughs> the night's going well, Jason. We're joined by Jason of Carolyn John's Comics right here. Yeah, it's a great night. I mean, we got a pretty good turnout. Weather's beautiful this time. So. Yes. Uh, you know, we're, we're really happy with it. We got Steranko down there signing autographs. He'll be here today and tomorrow. 
So it'll be a fun time. That's fantastic. Anything else you want to say? Any uh, tips on uh, how the people should approach a free comic book day? Uh, just come to have come to have fun, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Well, I think that everyone is here that's been having fun, and if you, if you don't have fun at an event like this, it's kind of your own fault. Yeah. Definitely. And I just want to say, uh, make sure that you are reading uh, Donny Cates' Doctor Strange and Donny Cates' Thanos. They both, uh, about six parts for each one of them, all wrapped up. Graphic novels will be out in uh, two months. Outstanding. Uh, thanks, Jason. Jason's kind of been our point man here at Carolyn John's, helping us get everything set up, so a big thank you goes yeah, out to him. Yeah, he literally ran away. He is uh, busy. Busy guy. The other day, we were just talking about Action Comics 1000, and as you know, my character is Superman. He's my favorite character. Yep. Um, and uh, I'm excited to have this. I can't wait to read it. Um, it's, it's funny. It says landmark issue on this, but I don't know if that adequately covers uh, Action Comics. I do believe that the whole New 52 thing, they jettison it. Like, how are we going to miss out yeah. on Action Comics 1000? Right? I think that had to be part of the discussion. Yes. Yes, ma'am. 52... New 52? Do we have any? Do we have any? No, we don't have any. Rare comics? Yeah, this is issue 1000 of Action Comics. It just came out last week. Yeah. Yeah. You know how they have first issues of things? Like the actual first yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought you had like the first issue of it. I'm like, oh. Oh god. Holy no. crap. No. No way. We would not man. have that here. Oh, we stood within like a foot of that thing a year ago, and I was like, yeah, we, we were both the glass sweating. With the security like, guard. Oh my god. It's, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. What's your name? Rihanna. Rihanna, how, how many years have you been coming to Carolyn John? About seven. About, about seven years. Seven. What's your favorite part? Oh, uh, the experience. It's fun. The experience. It's fun to come out. And, well, I love reading. 52 was one of my favorite comics. It's one of the only comics I ever really, really got into. So. Every time I'm like, 52, 52. So then someone says something about it, or I think someone's saying about something, I've run it over. Or Action Comics, too. I like Action Comics, too, a lot. Action Comics is pretty great. Uh, yeah. Do you have a character that you'd like to recommend to everyone that maybe you might think that deserves a second chance or people haven't read? Well, I actually really do like Aquaman, so I'm glad they're making him popular right now because that was one of my favorite characters. Back, back like, five years ago, everyone's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, Aquaman's great. He so all the is. jokes kind of cut you deep? Not really. No? Not really. Well, I never thought he deserved him. Like, the dude controls over two-thirds of the planet. How is he lame? He talks to fish, Darren. Yeah, so? He's, he's, he's pretty good. I, like, I, like, he, he, I don't know. I don't know. Off the top of my head right now, I can't get it. <laughs> well, enjoy the rest of your night. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, and I wish I did have Action Comics number one. All right, well, we're going to take a pause here in the Stick Stuck Pick Sayonara's because we are joined by a special guest who was kind enough to join us last year. And he's back again. What, what's your name, bud? John. John. All right. And John last year performed a freestyle rap for us. And he said earlier tonight that he would stop by and do it again. And I believe he is ready. He is dressed yeah. in his Deadpool gear. So, John. All right. Whenever you're ready, take it away. All right. I got the strength of a Hulk, but the might of a Norse god. But... One strike of my hammer and I'm taking down Asgard. See, no Thanos even clicking his fingers is gonna take me out with the Infinity Gauntlet. I look at him, smile, 
and then I'll drop my mouth like, ah, uh, you just a punk because I punked you out with the Infinity Stones. I'm going to take you out. So why don't you just understand that an Iron Man could never do the things that I could do because I'm a real human with skills and abilities that I got from being me. And now I don't need the Avengers to show that I could take out Infinity. Outstanding yeah, thank work. You. Thank you so much, John. Awesome. Enjoy Tears the rest of your night, boy. Very good. Yeah, I hope we see you again Two years next in year. a row. Gotta make this a, uh, a, a tradition. All right. Great. So hopefully we will too. I think I think sober. You're you're just fine. That's pretty damn good in, in our book. All right. Thank you, John. All right. I was starting to talk about Action Comics 1000. I think I'm done with that, and I'm sticking with Detective Comics. Well, in a in not too short a time, we're going to be talking about. Detective Comics 1000, as yeah. that is going to be the next one to come down. And then there's going to be a pretty big gap between whatever's going to hit the next uh, 1000 issue. Uh, Stuck on Moonshine, that is from Image Comics. East of West, boy oh boy. That, this thing's been around a long time by this point, and I'm still, it's still pretty darn good. This is one of the more unique comics out there. Um, I know our buddy Tim, who's on assignment. Yeah. On assignment. He's coming back with something. We'll, we'll see what it is. Um, he's been reading it, too. It is... Uh, it's out there, man. Yeah, you said it's weird. It is weird. But, it, I mean, it's, it's digestible, though. It's not too weird where you don't know what's happening. Yeah, we're going to be saying sayonara to this probably next month. Um, Harrow County. June. June is the last issue. Harrow County is coming to an end. It has been an outstanding run, as I just talked about it not too long ago as it made my uh, end of the year list for my favorite books. And that's kind of like a Lovecraftian horror, right? Uh, yeah. A very southern noirish yeah. Lovecraftian horror. Killer be killed. It's extraordinarily violent, but the storytelling is unparalleled. Um, and, you know, I was talking about Action Comics 1000. The great thing about it is it's been very good. Yeah. Leading into Action Comics that's 1000. That's <coughs> Sean Murphy with Matt Hollingsworth on Batman White Knight, which reverses the tale and takes the fact that the Joker is actually the hero of Gotham and Batman is the villain. Doomsday Clocker. Do you know what this is? Yeah, it's like a continuation of Watchmen, right? It is the Watchmen being grafted into the existing DC universe. Gotcha. It sort of seems like a silly idea. Yeah. But the execution has been pretty fantastic. That's good. And one last time, I get to say that my pick of the month is the power of the Dark Crystal. It's been a great run. Uh, it is, as I said, uh, not too, uh, as I said just a minute ago, something I waited a long time for. Uh, it was to be a movie, and it was in. Um, it was in development for a long time. Over 10 years in development, never to see the light of day, never to make it to the screen, but we got the comic. And then the comic is leading to the TV show. So there's, there's hope on the horizon, but it's definitely something, as I said not too long ago, that deserved to find an audience. Yeah. And hopefully it still has. Now my Sayonaras. Sayonara 2. The Power of the Dark Crystal. <laughs> yeah, because it's the last issue, right? Yeah, The Power of the Dark Crystal is over. Sayonara to Star Trek. Uh, eh, I don't even want to get into it. And sayonara uh, to all of my Star Wars. Yeah, you you got so uh, bothered by The Last Jedi that you're just like done yeah, with Star Wars. The Last Jedi killed it for me. That's that's really sad. Uh, 
it sort of got killed all over again. Yeah, because you were absolutely enjoying the Star Wars comics, too. I'm not even saying that it's not the comics' fault. I still was enjoying the comics, but I just couldn't... I had I have to take a break from Star Wars. Fair enough. I'm done with it for a while. The, what they did to Luke Skywalker makes absolutely no sense to me. I don't even want to talk about it. Okay. All right. So I'm up, huh? Yeah. My list is always longer, so I'll go a little bit faster. Uh, so I'm going to start with things I'm sticking with. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. Uh, it was a fun thing to start with, but it got a little old after a while. Uh, Champions, like basically it's like a Young Avengers I don't know. There's a new team on it. I'm seeing if I like them. If not, I'll drop it. Evolution is this weird comic I haven't really got to talk to on the podcast about, about uh, the evolution of the human body, and that is slowly becoming like this violent, terrible thing. And the art's really weird in it. I'll show it to you the next time we're uh, doing a show. Um, and I, I just uh, the art is taking me out of it a little bit. Uh, Infinity Countdown, it's kind of like the weird not event event that's happening uh, in Marvel. Wait, yeah, a right. Second, it's not it's not an overlapping event. It's like an own like book series. Are we still within that eighteen month window, Phil? We are, but it's their thing was the not overarching between books, and it's its own thing. Oh, so you could just yeah, you could, yeah. It's not like you're reading Spider Man and oh next month yeah, it's Spider Man. Yeah, it's not. Oh, yeah. So, um, but it's where it's basically catching us up on where the Infinity Zones are in the Marvel Universe. Okay. Um, Sex Criminals. I've just been reading it so long, and I, I kind of hope it ends, but I don't know. I might drop it. Skills and Scoundrels uh, is it was fulfilling. It, it's a fantasy uh, story about a dragon that it takes form of a human being, and she's traveling with other humans, and they don't know she's a dragon. Um, and really, I was just trying to find a comic that was going to fulfill that fantasy itch, and it did for a while. But now there are other books out that are going to fulfill that itch, so I might be able to slide it out because it has been that great. But it's been it's been readable. Um, Spider Gwen kind of lost its umph when uh, Venom was introduced, the the Venom symbiote. Uh, X Men Gold and X Men Red. X Men are just not they're not doing it for me right now. Uh, it, it's just, it seems like rehashed storylines. That's a shame. Things I'm stuck on. The one X-Men book I'm stuck on, Astonishing X-Men, where there's this almost reincarnation of Professor Xavier that was pulled out of um, the uh, Shadow King's world, and he's inside uh, Phantom Axe's body. It's really weird. Uh, but it's been really good, really, really good. Um, Avengers just finished its weekly run, The No Surrender, uh, which was done very well. It was like a blockbuster thing. Um, it actually ended with a pretty decent arc, and now Jason Aaron's taking over the writing, so I'm definitely interested in following that. So, Black Science will be on my stuck list, if not pick list, until it dies. Uh, Captain America, which I, again, didn't get to talk about. It's the first time I've ever bought a Captain America book. Uh, Mark Wade. I think that's all I need to say. Uh, Daredevil, still amazing. Charles Soule. Uh, Daredevil is now the mayor of New York. Not Daredevil, but Matt Murdock. Because Kingpin was. It's very, uh, there's a lot of story. Yeah. Well, it's Kingpin basically made him the assistant mayor so that he could keep an eye on him. And then something happened to Kingpin, so he became the mayor. It's really messed up. Uh, Deadly Class, Rick Remender. Uh, that was my pick of the year, uh, the previous year. Doctor Strange, uh, as 
Jason was saying, it's something that if you're not reading, you absolutely need to be. Uh, the run on it has just, it's been nonstop since it came out. Um, I Hate Fairyland. It's got a young. It's yeah. been goofy and fun. I think it's it has to be coming near its end. I don't know how they're going to keep it going too yeah, much I longer. I keep saying that with East and West. Yeah. Here we keep going. Um, one of my new fantasy itches, that was a recommendation. I've only read one issue. It's called Isola or Isola. Okay. I-S-O-L-A. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it yet, but the art was fantastic, and I'm interested. It's a girl traveling with, like, a, a wolf companion thing. It's cool. Uh, Oblivion Song, that is uh, nice. That's a that's like Jim Belushi's college shirt. Really, comic <laughs> uh, the owner just came by and showed us a shirt that said comic books on it, which was amazing. Um, Oblivion Song is uh, Robert Kirkman's new book. Uh, yes, I did hear about this. Uh, the first two issues have been really good. Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson found out that Peter Parker's Spider-Man, and it's been really good since. Uh, the soon-to-be Sayonara Spider-Man that is Miles Morales. Sad, but inevitable. Somehow, someway, Spider-Man Deadpool has been just Your funny loss is my game, and really good. And The Fix, which is an image book about dirty cops. My pick this time around is The Amazing Spider-Man. Dan Slott's final run with the Carnage symbiote being on Norman Osborn, so he is the Red Goblin and he remembers that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And it has been awesome. Absolutely good. It's going to go out with, like, an absolute bang. Dan Slott knows what he's doing going out. Awesome. And I have three Sayonaras. All right. Doctor Strange Damnation, because it ended. It was a fun thing where uh, Doctor Strange, after the events of whatever the last event was, Secret War? No. That doesn't sound right. Whatever the one was when Cap was on Hydra. Um, they, destroyed New they destroyed Las Vegas, so Doctor Strange decided to resurrect Las Vegas. But by doing so, he accidentally brought a hotel run by the devil up to the planet Earth, and it was him dealing with it. Oh, wow. At one point, a Ghost Rider Thor breaks his legs. It is awesome. Um, sayonara to Rock Candy Mountain. 10 issues of beauty. Pick it up. I think it's going to be in trade here in like a month. And sayonara to the X-Men Blue because Blue. those are the X-Men from the past that are in the present day, the young X-Men. It just I just I just can't anymore. I'm done. I thought they would have been back in their timeline a long time ago. And that is all my stuff. Man, oh man. That I know, is it's a, a lot. Heck of a list. It is. It is. It, it's, there's going to be added stuff and subtracted stuff the next time we talk about this. Well, did you have a good time? Yeah, man. I'm really glad we did this again this year. Uh, two a lot years of thank strong. Yous to give out. Yeah. Uh, so, first and foremost, thank you to Carol and John's as a whole. Um, Carol and John have been very welcoming and uh, allowing us to do it here and actually. Uh, they mentioned it to me, uh, John did himself uh, this year, asking if we wanted to do it, and uh, it was it was it was really nice to know that it was a nice little addition to uh, this fantastic, fantastic event that they put on every single year. Um, thank you to Jason specifically, who's been running around and being an immense help. Um, he ran the power cord for us, got us our table, asked us anything to do, helped us get our free comics. It's been, he, he's been an essential help. Uh, 
thank you to all the guys in the shop, um, especially uh, Ben and Jim, who are constantly helping me and doing all the things that a good comic shop should do, recommending good books and asking me if there's any ever, ever anything that I need from them. Uh, and all the other volunteers and artists and bartenders that are here tonight that help make this event what it is. Thanks to everyone who stopped by to talk to us. Uh, your contributions were absolutely wonderful. Uh, we talked to everyone, cosplayers to film directors, who stopped by uh, to talk to us. So We had a little freestyle rap. We had freestyle rap. We were given apocalypse cookies. It was a pretty incredible evening. Uh, to be sure. And we have plenty more things coming in oh, the yeah. months to come. What are, well, you have an interesting segment that you're producing for next, for June. What, why don't you tell, yeah. tell us a little bit about So it. we're actually going to have a pretty deep conversation about the Disney Monopoly that is a thing. No matter what people want to think, they own a lot of it. They own Marvel and Star Wars. Yeah, which is and big. And Pixar. And they're starting to pick and their up. Own stuff. And, and they're the starting Muppets. to pick up plenty of other titles. But we'll get deeper into that next time. Uh, we also are going to keep our ear to the ground about uh, San Diego Comic Con. That's in July. in July. That's we'll not too far out. If any news breaks, we'll be on top of it. And uh, shortly or after it happens. Yeah, and literally. Uh, anything else could come up, and we might surprise you with some other things. And I'm and really specials. excited. To, uh, Tim's on assignment. Yes. I'm excited to see what he comes back with. So, anything else you can think of, Darren? Not at this moment, man. I'm just looking forward to continuing doing this. It's been a great partnership so far. Uh, we've got lots more to come, and it's been a heck of a ride so far, so let's keep it going. Yeah, so thanks again to everyone here at Carol John's, and thank you to everybody that came out tonight for Free Comic Book Day. This is wonderful. It's thank an absolutely you. amazing event. Yeah, and thank you for listening, and for once this time, enjoy your free comics. Absolutely.